What the F and What, Episode 7, Super Bowl Halftime Shows, Wordle, Boomerang, and Cocaine Cacti. the f and what i'm dave worthams and i'm angela clock and the time has come for lucky number seven i never realized that we talk enough for seven podcast episodes wait yeah we do (laughs) (laughs) i know right but between the crazy headlines that we find our crazy friends and our love of movies we have words and we also have a super bowl halftime show that was off the scale that's true and it begs the question of what are the greatest super bowl halftime shows before we get into today's news stories i have my top 10 list and rolling stone has their list so where should we begin uh let's start with yours Alrighty, number 10 coldplay in 2016 with special guest beyonce Bruno Mars, Mark Ronson, Gustavo Dudamel, the University of California Marching Band, and the Youth Orchestra of L.A. They performed Yellow, Viva La Vida, Paradise, Adventures of a Lifetime, Uptown Funk, Formation, Crazy in Love, Back into Uptown Funk, Clocks, and then they ended with Fix You, which then mashed into Up and Up. Do you like Coldplay? I like them better than Nickelback, if that means anything. I mean, it does, because that gives me a scale to work with here. But, I mean, I like Coldplay, I'm not going to lie, but I'm really super, like, white girl, so that totally makes sense. And now I have that as a sound clip. Super yes, white girl. <laughs> Number nine uh, on my list is Lady Gaga in 2017 by herself. And she performed God Bless America, which then went into This Land is Your Land, Then she went to Poker Face, Born This Way, Telephone, Just Dance, Million Reasons, and then she ended with Bad Romance. So two things here. I remember Million Reasons because I love that song, and I remember her performing it at that halftime show. But I kind of find it funny that This Land is Your Land then went into Poker Face. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I think that's when she was jumping off the top of the stadium, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right? And then she had, like, the big spikes on her shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Number eight uh, takes us to 2013 with Beyonce with special guest Destiny's Child. And they did uh, Run the World, Love on Top, Crazy in Love, End of Time, Baby Boy, Bootylicious, Independent Woman Part One, Single Ladies, and then they finished with Halo. I really liked that show. That was a pretty good show. The one down part was at one point, and I think maybe it was in uh, in the middle of Bootylicious, Beyonce made this face that apparently all the uh, conspiracy theorists, Satanists use as a, as a reason of, of why Beyonce's evil. And the, it's like It's like she was, they, they claimed that face was proof that she was channeling Satan. 
I mean, all right, you could probably find lots of my faces that maybe would be proof that I'm channeling Satan, too. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of sinful Satanist, uh, number seven, Madonna in 2012, who performed with LMAFO, Nicki Minaj, MIA, CeeLo Green, and a bunch of high school bands performing Vogue music mashed into Party Rock Anthem, mashed into Sexy and I Know It, which then went into Give Me All Your Lovin', over to Open Your Heart, mashed with Express Yourself, and then she ended with Like a Prayer. That was a good mix of my 80s soundtrack, like my childhood soundtrack, um, with Open Your Heart, Express Yourself, and Like a Prayer. Yes, that was my childhood soundtrack. Um, but also with some of the newer music she had and the newer artists coming out. So I enjoyed that show. Yeah. I think the, the down part of that one was CeeLo Green. I think he was off his game that night. But he has his little T-Rex arms. Yeah. Which I'm hoping that means he will somehow make an appearance in the new Jurassic World movie. But Oh, Lord. <laughs> Number six, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Performing American Girl, I Won't Back Down, Free Falling, and then they ended with Running Down a Dream. What year was that? 2008, I think. Yeah, th I mean, I like all music, and so the whole like generational thing doesn't really bug me that much because i would totally see tom petty and the heartbreakers and i would have paid money to do that like if i had the opportunity so um i feel like those are that's a really solid set list there yeah and, and really i think that one was just hey i'm tom here's my backup band the heartbreakers we're just gonna play for 15 minutes and you're gonna like it exactly uh number five from the next one yes very different from the next one because number five which was from 2020 with Shakira and J-Lo, with special guest Bad Bunny, J Balvin, and Emmy Munez performing Dare, Into She-Wolf, A Little Bit of Cashmere, Empire, Os Osol Asi, uh, Whenever, Wherever, I Like It, Shatahe, Mashed Into Kalita, which went into Hips Don't Lie, then they brought out Jenny from the Block, to do Jenny from the Block, uh, then into Ain't It Funny, The Murder Mix, uh, Get Right, Waiting For Tonight. Then they did Booty, Mashed with Kel Kaklor, Mashed with El Anilo, Mashed with Me Gente, Into On The Floor, Let's Get Loud, Mashed with a Little Born in the USA, and then they ended with Waka Waka. Man, that's a whole lot of Shakira and J-Lo in like one show. Um and I enjoyed that one too. And it gave us some um, some great memes and gifts with uh, Shakira doing the whole like tongue thing in, at the at the camera. So I feel like that's that's the show that keeps on giving. It is. And and what I like is they brought out J Lo's daughter uh, to do the singing for Born in the USA. While they that had was really cool when they did in, that. While they had kids around the stage in like cages because that was back when you had that issue going on with the folks mm -hmm. coming from mexico so yeah there's your little political shot there uh number four takes us all the way back to 1993 which might have been before you were born no okay uh it, but it is michael jackson in 1993 and he did jam billy jean black or white we are the world and then he ended with heal the world so i love michael jackson and I feel like this is a whole lot of interesting choices because you have you have Billie Jean, 
Um, I feel like there's some iconic ones missing, but I feel like there might have been a theme going on here with um, Space Jam had recently come out, I think, at the time. And Black or White, Heal the World, and We Are the World are very, like, peace-type songs. Yeah, because um, figure you, there's some Iraq War stuff still kind of mm-hmm. hanging out there. Um, but what really, I think, makes this uh, in the top five is the fact that this was the first time that the Super Bowl went with, like, a big-name star doing a solo show concert-type thing. The year before, I think, was um, some Disney tribute thing, which just did not go over very well. Um was so kind of cringy. I re- if I remember correctly, the year before was one of the Disney ones, potentially with New Kids on the Block in it also, because Dave and I both just watched this video that had like the top 10 weirdest things <laughs> in Super Bowl halftime shows, and that was one of the things they mentioned. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll make sure to put that link in the uh, on the Facebook page so people can Yeah, because can everyone see should cr- see Elvis Presto. <laughs> Yes, Elvis Presto and, and, you know, other folks can complain about shirtless Adam Levine. Yeah, not me. Brings us to number three, which was in the year 2002, the first one after 9-11. So this is is why this one has lots of power. It was U2, and they did Beautiful Day into MLK, and then they ended with a long version of Where the Streets Have No Name. But this was also the one where Bono opened up his jacket during Where the Streets Have No Name, and the inside of his jacket was all uh, was was the American flag. And so everybody went nuts about Bono having the American flag after 9-11, yada, yada, yada. So I've seen you two in concert, and I vaguely remember this halftime show. I honestly remember remember the Michigan marching band halftime show at Michigan stadium the following week after nine 11 much better. Um, so I love you too, but this one just doesn't stick in my head that much. And, but I love this. I love the, uh, the setup of the song. So, yeah, that brings us to number two, the most recent one that had uh, Dre Snoop, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar was special guest 50 Cent uh, and Anderson Pock performing uh, the next episode, California Love, In the Club, Family Affair, No More Drama, Mad City, All Right, Forgot About Dre, Lose Yourself, and then they ended with Still Dre, Still Dre, or Still DRE. I have so many thoughts about this halftime show, and I'm sure you've heard some of them already. Um, but I there's so many things about this that like I loved. And one of the things I went back and watched it a second time last night. And can we just talk about 50 cent for a second? Cause a, he was not on the bill at all. Um, he was a surprise guest. Um, but if you watch close enough um, during the show, you can see him kind of come out in his little area and literally lift and then flip himself up onto the 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 ceiling of his area to end up like when right before they like point down to him and i know there's been a lot of like memes and things like that about him like gaining weight or whatever okay number one it's covid but number two i can't even lift myself up let alone like lift myself and flip so 
kudos to him. He's like in beast mode, so that's fine. Um, but I just feel like there's like he wasn't, you know, on the list. Like Kendrick Lamar was on the like lineup for a long time, and people seem really like couldn't figure out why he was on the lineup at all. But we were talking earlier about how this show is literally full of Dr. Dre proteges. And that's the thing about that people don't understand about Dre. Yeah, he can rap and yeah, he can produce. But the man is playing chess while the rest of the world is playing checkers. He put all his peeps up there, got them to do their some of their best songs. It, it really it really flowed uh, nicely. But then if you check the stats for Spotify the day after, everything was up from those artists, which means he's getting a piece of that cash coming off the Spotify cow. Um, the more that people are listening to Lose Yourself and, and listening to Mary J and Kendrick and what have you. Uh, in fact, the there was one stat that I read that that because of the increase in people looking to find more songs from Eminem, he was the first artist to break like 3 billion listens on Spotify. Um, oh, wow. Or something, some, some crazy number like that. Uh, and that's all Dre's fingerprints. And so you wonder why... Dre was able to do, you know, the the Beats headphones and all this other stuff. You know, look at how many fingers and different pies Dre has, and that's why he is the baddest, uh, baddest guy out there uh, when it comes to hip hop. Well, and there's a lot of interesting stuff like throughout that show, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't like a flashy thing like last year's where or like 2020 was where like. You know, you had like fireworks and Shakira and JLo and like all these lights and all the, you know, all these different things. But it was more like they were cool and set up, but like the map of Compton, like they really played homage to being in LA and they really played homage to their backgrounds. And um, a lot of the things you saw in there were, you know, like really personal to them in a lot of ways. And one of the things that stood out to me really a lot was. Mary J. Blige ending her performance just like sing screaming no more drama and just ending like flopping on the ground like she was just exhausted and I feel like that's just that was a that was a shout out to everybody who's like at that point right now and particularly the black community that's you know like just no more like stop we want somebody to listen to us right. and for those folks who are complaining that hey and, and i'm i'm I, mark me a part of this group was looking for the hologram tupac during california love um dre still gave Pac props last night when dre sat down at that piano before he went into the the beginning mm-hmm. of still dre uh he played the piano part from i ain't mad at you which was one of Pac's biggest hits uh, and so, A, you know, people like Questlove are like, I didn't know he could play the piano. Well, yeah, he, he, he can. And he played for Pac. So the spirit of Pac was there. Uh, I suppose that means now at some point in the future, we got to get an East Coast type of setup so we get the spirit of Biggie there. But we know that Pac and Biggie are still alive, hanging out on some island in the Caribbean or something. I also loved the story about um, Snoop's uh, jumpsuit ensemble. <laughs> And how that and was his way walk. to show his colors. Yeah. And well, and I, no one can do a crip walk as well as, as Snoop. I don't care how much you practice. 
the way that he he crip walked over that entire stage <laughs> wearing the colors hadn't hadn't yeah was awesome for sure well and it like i honestly like i feel like they all like i loved the white setup of the stage and how the rooms were set up and i wish the only thing i wish is like the cameras can't do it justice i don't think in any way because you you're always going to miss something in a setup like that so it's not like the stage where like people are used to seeing one stage and they all like they do their thing on that one stage but they're all over the place and you could kind of see as you were watching it like them moving through the whole area at different points, like depending on who was going to be performing next and who was going to do stuff. So I thought that was really interesting. Like the, just, it was a different setup, I think, than people are used to also. So it was, it was something different, which was kind of nice because it really focused more on like the music. Although like Kendrick Lamar really kind of put on a show with his like whole thing with the boxes and the dancing and like, I just thought that was really cool, but it was a good like break in there to like get all of it. It it it, it flowed pretty good to me. Yeah. So yeah, and and if it wasn't for this next one, it would have probably been the best one. But the ultimate, the goat performance, the greatest of all time, that took place in the middle of a thunderstorm in Miami. The number one is Prince in 2007 with special guest the Florida A&M University Marching Band performing We Will Rock You, Let's Go Crazy, Baby I'm a Star, Proud Mary, 1999, All Along the Watchtower, Best of You, and of course you had to end with Purple Rain. Well, I mean, that whole lineup of songs is absolutely amazing. And then you add a marching band to it, and we know how I feel about that. Um, well, and it's not just any marching band. It is the marching band from the Black University in Florida. Exactly. Right. But, I mean, just adding that to that music is just a really cool thing. But then you get to Purple Rain, and it's raining. And, like, how I, how much more iconic can you get? Like, right. you know, that song is evokes so many emotions. And then Prince somehow, like, has the wherewithal to, like, make it rain. <laughs> right. You know, there there are interviews with like the producers before uh, about you know talking to Prince before he went on the show, and they're like, "Dude, it's raining. Are you okay?" And he's like, "And Prince was like, can you make it rain some more?' Because you know that because because you know that's that's the way Prince would Prince would talk. Can you make it rain some more? Right, <laughs> that's exactly how Prince would talk. Right. The the other thing that I loved is that it wasn't he wasn't out there pushing new music. Um, he he was he was out there. He just wanted to play, uh, and he started singing other people's songs. I mean, best. Of, he was playing Foo Fighters, playing Jimi Hendrix, not right. you know, not just not just his stuff. Playing Queen, you know, little little Tina. Uh, so I mean, that's just Prince going. I understand the mission. I'm out here to to uh, to try to entertain you, but I'm going to do it my way. Because I am music, because <laughs> that's what he is. So yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, he really. I mean, it it was it was amazing, and I can still go back and watch that sh- that halftime show. And I feel like this the this week's halftime show. I'm gonna go back and watch again. Of course, um, I've watched it twice already, so now I need to watch it again. Um, 
But what's what's really funny, I sent you a TikTok video earlier today because you had mentioned that uh, Christiana had asked you, who's that guy next to Snoop? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I must, I must publicly admit that Nikki and I, we have not raised our daughter properly because when you know Snoop came up, did his thing, was fantastic, it was a great start. Then Dre popped up and C was like, who's that? I'm like, that's Dr. Dre. And she was like, who's that? I'm like... He's the man who discovered Snoop Dogg. Just be quiet and watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> but there's been there's been some entertaining things all around the uh, the halftime show from this week. Um, from that to the New York Post reporting on Snoop smoking a smoking weed before the halftime show, like anybody thought any different. You know, wa- water <laughs> is still wet. Thank you, New York Post. Maybe next year they'll bring in the Tupac hologram like you wanted to. Um, and so what do we got on deck for today? So, well, uh, both you and Amanda found our first story about Wordle. Uh, you and I have talked about how important the movie Boomerang is a couple different times. And this is the 30th anniversary of Boomerang. Um, uh, so we got to talk about it. Uh, and then I totally forgot who sent us the story about some drugged out cacti in Canada. All right. So let's get this party started. So if you're one of my Facebook friends who doesn't understand why, about two minutes after midnight each day, I post some green, yellow, and black squares on my feed. And it's because that's when I do my best work. Or if you're like me and you wait until you get to work to make those posts. Then this story is for you. And neither Dave nor I will apologize for the constant posts, Eric Richmond. So here we go. Dateline, February 10th, 2022. An 80-year-old woman who has been was being held hostage by an intruder was saved by Wordle. You see, each day that Denise Holt of Lincolnwood, Illinois, would play Wordle and she would text her daughter the results. However, on this particular Saturday, Sunday morning, sorry, um, something different happened. A naked man entered her home, dragged her around the house, disconnected her phone lines and eventually barricaded her into a bathroom where she stayed for about 17 hours. Police went to check on her after receiving a call from her concerned daughter who hadn't heard from her. The daughter was in Seattle and noticed that her mother was not reading her texts and had also not sent her usual Wordle update. Denise later admitted, I didn't send my older daughter a Wordle score in the morning and that was disconcerting to her. Responding officers saw a broken window in the home and eventually located her in the basement. She was not physically hurt. The suspect was found on the second floor of the home, armed with several knives. On Monday morning, he was taken into custody and transferred to a local hospital for medical treatment. He likely took his clothes off earlier on Sunday during what investigators believe was a mental health crisis before breaking into the home. There's no word on whether Denise got the wordle for that day correct or how many moves she made during her daily game. I think it's important to note here that this was before the New York Times started running the game, which is probably a good thing. The words the Times have been picking has been unrelenting in their difficulty. I mean, seriously, we don't need words that start with you every single effing day. Well, maybe you need to change your starting word. 
that would require me to find a new starting word that may or may not be offensive in nature. Because, you know, depending on the word, you can cover an S and a T and a vowel. Or if you need to make sure you got the C or the K or or U. Now I can't use them because the New York Times doesn't say those things. So I feel like these this story... I've seen a lot of people posting about how like they're frustrated that, you know, their whole timeline on Facebook is filled with wordle results and things like that. Guess what? Like this Eric Richmond. Somebody... What was that? Like Eric Richmond. This is how somebody like me who is single and lives alone is going to be found <laughs> when something bad happens. So I am all for continuing to post my results. <laughs> That is a very valid point, because if for some reason you don't post your score between midnight and 2 a.m., then we know there's an issue and we shall call 911 or we'll send Charlie Brown over to check on you or something. Speaking of Charlie Brown, I realized why I called him that and slipped up that one time is because one year we dressed up as the Peanuts for the polar plunge where we jump into super cold water in the middle of February and he was Charlie Brown during the Peanuts gang dress up. So, And his birthday was recent. So happy belated birthday to our special correspondent, Charlie Brown. If you ask the question, happy birthday. what is one of the most influential movies for young black men from the early 90s? I would expect that on that list of answers will be things like Boys in the Hood, Do the Right Thing, even though that's technically from 89. Uh, Jungle Fever, Malcolm X, and the like. But one that will hit for sure is Boomerang. From a story written by Eddie Murphy, it was for many the first time that one would see in an entirely black workplace with black executives, black leaders crafting mergers between companies, black people in the corner office. It was just awesome. And it's something that shouldn't be seen as strange. Beyond that, there are so many lines in the movie that stick into my head to this very day. Parents to tell us how the game of pool is racist because it symbolizes the white fear of the sexual potency of black balls. I'm getting to that. Without spoiling a 30-year-old movie, let me break it down a bit. Marcus Graham, played by Eddie Murphy, is the protagonist of the film. He hangs out with his friends Tyler and Gerard, played by Martin Lawrence and David Allen Greer. But it was when Marcus, but it was Marcus who got all the women and had the job that clearly paid him a lot of money. The love triangle that trips Marcus up involves Angela Lewis, who's played by Halle Berry, and Jacqueline Broyer, played by Robin Givens. Throw in Grace Jones as Stranger, Eartha Kitt as Lady Eloise, and don't forget Chris Rock, who plays the mailroom guy, and you've got a classic cast of characters to talk about the reversal of a dog. Our friends at the Grill pull together some of the lines these folks lay down that are off the hook to this day, and so allow me to share the ones that stick out and have really kind of influenced me. So number one, you got to coordinate. This one we have to say, rest in peace to John Witherspoon who was on level 10 during the entirety of his scenes in Boomerang. Did you know that he improved all of his lines? It wasn't in the script. He improved it all. He played Mr. Jackson, who was Gerard's dad, 
who was way cooler and more interesting than Gerard, who at that point in the movie had been told completely friend-zoned by Halle Berry. While they're all at Thanksgiving dinner at Marcus's house, Mr. and Mrs. Jackson show up in outfits that have been coordinated. The belt matches the inside of the suit jacket, etc. The point is, he told us all that we needed to coordinate, and I've been saying it like John Witherspoon ever since then, and I bet most black men do. Where'd you get a mushroom shirt? I'm trying to impress you, you know that. I know, yeah. now where'd you get the mushroom shirt? I got to know. Well, the secret is, you got to coordinate. Uh-huh. Most people don't coordinate. See, you got to coordinate. Yes, that's what you did. Yeah. You saw me, you saw the mushroom I shirt. Mushroom shirt. Bang, mushroom shirt. Mushroom shirt. But see, you can't stop with the mushroom shirt. You now, I would've, go on. I would've stopped that no, shirt. No, you got to keep going. Okay, now let me show you something. Look at that. Oh, you got a mushroom belt. Gerard, did you know your pops had a mushroom belt on? Yes. But you don't stop there, see? No, you gotta keep can. going. You got a mushroom ring? Yes, good idea. Same shirt? Look not anymore, that. but at one point, ah! yes, I did. Gerard! And I, I did not bite myself. Mushroom. I wasn't that crazy. Yes! I let my mom do all of my shopping back in the day. Fair enough. Did but you have a mushroom belt? <laughs> never got the mushroom belt, but had the mushroom okay. shirt. Couldn't find the mushroom liner for the jacket either. But I'm quite sure if we could, we would have probably on that route nice so then that brings us to number two check it i'm like jet magazine for 90s fashion pretty much everyone was on point in their outfits in this movie the suits were crisp the shoes were spectacularly shined the dresses were hot this was the film that made me take notice on how important it was for black men to dress to the nines in this particular scene, when Marcus hits on Jacqueline, Eddie has made sure the costumers got his tuxedo game right. Double-breasted jacket, dark tan bow tie with matching cufflinks, straight out of GQ. Or, back in the day, Jet Magazine. Trust me when I say that when I was younger and way skinnier than I am now, when putting on my tux, I wouldn't leave for a black tie event until I did this pose and said this line. Stop. You know I didn't come up here to talk to you about no Stranger. I came up here to talk to you about us. I'm rapping. This is my Mac Daddy vibe I'm giving you in all of its splendor. Skinny. What's up? This oh, is really? The, Have you seen me lately? Mac Daddy of I'm month. like... Check it. I mean, I see you on like Zoom. Right. I'm, I'm like big as a blimp. There's no way that I could get into a double-breasted tuxedo like I used to back in the day. So, But whenever I do dress up, I'm still... Check it. Like Jet Magazine. Nice. Yeah, you have to throw that in there. So, uh, Number three. I'm on time most of the time, even when it rains. Chris Rock, as the mailroom guy, had a few classic lines, and this is one that I've used a few times. It comes in handy both for when I'm running late, which I do from time to time, uh, and when I'm asking for a promotion, but not really. Check this out, man. Oh, 
been working here about nine days, you know, been on time most of the time, even when it rained. Don't you think it's about it time we talk promotion? And I, I can't believe it has <laughs> come on, man. I get my own office, man. Bring my hoes in here. We have a little party. Set this mother yeah, off, I, I, man. I get it, but, you know, I'll keep, I'll keep trying it. See if it works. Uh, number four. It's racial. it's racial. This is my favorite one, finally. It's racial, man. It's racial. My favorite running gag in the movie is Tyler, played by Martin Lawrence. He sees racism in every aspect of his life making outlandish observations of systematic racism. From asparagus tips versus asparagus spears, shopping for clothes, to a simple game of billiards. Here's the thing for me with this one. As I've gotten older, I'm now seeing some of the things that he was pointing out. And really, in the 30 years since Boomerang was in the theaters, I swear there are people in parts of this country are, who are doing their best trying to prove Tyler right. You, Keishan. Word. And you know, I've not played a game of pool in a very long time, and now we might know why. Yep. COVID. It's racial. Well, it's bad. I bet. Now, check it out. The white ball dominates everything, right? Knocks the shit out of the yellow ball, the red ball, right? And the game's over when the white ball drives the black ball completely off the table. Now, why is that? I don't know, but I'm sure you tell me, my brother. <laughs> sure you're right. Look, it's because of the white man's fear of the sexual potency of black yeah. balls. Now that one was kind of interesting. That was interesting. You see, what was... I see where you're going in the pool table is the earth. That's why it's green. Oh, shit. See, your shit is coming out now. And the world, they used to think it was flat. School him. So there was a point at... Like, not long after I met you that I swear... You gave this whole speech about the pool table and it's racial and I remember your hands like you know it's racial <laughs> like you're just like talking about it and um it wasn't long after I, I don't know that it was long after we met but sometime after you gave this um one of our friends and I were in a shop in Petoskey and we happened to see a Christmas ornament that was the eight ball and we bought it for you <laughs> That's right. Because we remember that. Racial. <laughs> it was racial. <laughs> uh, so I got one more, and I got to throw this one uh, as a little something extra for the Trekkies who are in our audience. All four of them? There might be seven or eight. Probably seven of them. I'll pull the stats for our outro segment. Number five, Spock's last name. So after the Thanksgiving coordinate stuff, Eddie and Holly are starting to watch Star Trek, and we find out some very important trivia that you may or may not find useful if you play My Trivia Live sometime. Listen carefully in this clip for Mr. Spock's real last name. I'm a Trekkie. I know everything about Star Trek. What's Captain Kirk's first name? Captain. Captain. No, it's not Captain. His name is James T. Kirk. See? What's Mrs. Spock's last name? Huh? Hmm? You didn't even know that name. 
Name is Spock Jenkins. One of the Jenkins boys from Vulcan. I'm not a Trekkie, but... Hmm. No, you know, Spock is... He's one of Miss Jenkins' boys from, from Vulcan. And, uh, you know, they like them grits. Didn't know that, did you? I'm telling you, I'm going to bring that up as a My Trivia Live question sometime when somebody decides to shout out the right answer at the inappropriate time. But that's my little, that's our little tribute to the 30-year anniversary of Boomerang. So for all the other brothers like me who grew up on this, happy anniversary. Thank you, Mr. Murphy, for making a really great movie. I know that America Walmarts are ideal places for people watching, but apparently Canadian Walmarts have some entertainment going on as well. Take off, hoser. Wow, your Canadian accent's gotten really good. Yeah, you think they're, eh? I think it's all that talking to people over there about the bridge. Tell me about it. (laughs) So this one comes from our friends at the AV Club. Anita Tanner from Brampton, Ontario, recently bought her 15-month-old grandchild a dancing cactus toy from Walmart Canada that was advertised as providing educational value by singing songs in English, Spanish, and Polish to kids. Oh, great. This story is about Polish people, which I am one. Hmm. Now, Anita understands Polish and was surprised to hear the Polish song had the following lyrics. The only thing in my head is five grams of cocaine. Fly away alone to the edge of oblivion. I have thoughts in my head. When will all this end? Whenever I'm not alone. Because a white eel will fly in. When I started to listen to the songs and I heard the words, I was in shock, Anita said. Presumably uninterested in teaching a 15-month-old about some of the darker aspects of life just yet, let's just say that the swearing, bummed-out, cokehead cactus was not what I ordered for my granddaughter, she said. The music the cactus uses, it turns out, is from a 2015 song called Gidzie Yes Biele Wigors by Polish rapper Sypis. The track, whose name translates to Where is the White Eel, The Descent, is about being depressed and in the throes of a withdrawal so severe that the narrator's sold everything he owns, dreams constantly of coke and heroin, and feels, per one translation of the lyrics, as if the locusts are biting off his Cypress claims that he was unaware his song was used by the Chinese manufacturer of the children's toy and is planning to take legal action for using his song without permission. Walmart Canada says the dancing cactus was sold by a third party and that it's been removed from the online store. So I now see why you had me read this. So you made me have to try to pronounce a Polish song and also say locusts are biting off his Well, I'll buy you a punchki to make up for it. Yes! <laughs> you know, I still have never had a punchki in my life. Who are you? Hi, I'm Dave Wortham's. <laughs> okay, we're going to change that this year. Okay, 
So anyway, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't planned. I just I I saw this story and and pulled it uh, a few months back. But yeah, I just I'm kind of curious. Um, is this China's way of trying to um, create poor, depressive moods in fifteen-year-old babies in Canada, so that maybe they can try to do an invasion or something? Because wasn't that like the the latest version of Red Dawn was, you know, the Chinese come over to attack us through Canada. Yeah, I didn't watch that, so I don't know for sure. But I could also see they just liked the tune and didn't think about the lyrics at all because they don't also they also don't know Polish, so that isn't helpful. Um, so I could see this just being some of like, oh, that's a great song, like music wise, and just grab it and not think anything of it. Yeah, I don't know, but you're gonna go with the conspiracy theory on this one. I might aren't go. You? I might go with the conspiracy theory, or I might just go with you know what Walmart. It's the it it it's the place to go for people watching and cocaine cacti. What the f and what? Okay, we didn't really do full podcast stats last time, so I think you owe us, Dave. How are we doing on this thing? Well, as of Valentine's Day, we had a hundred and twenty-two plays, ninety-nine percent of which come from these United States of America, and within that group, eighty-four percent come from Michigan, six percent from Florida, and three percent from California. Location-wise, Troy still leads with 22%, and the rest being Redford with 12%, Kalamazoo with 11%, Lansing and Petoskey with 8% each, Plainwell at 7%, Grand Rapids, Detroit, and Rockford at 4% each, DeWitt, Ypsilanti, Livonia, Grand Blanc, and Alto at 3% each, and Dualjack, Potterville, Ada, Eaton Rapids, Brighton, and Three Rivers at 1% each. According to Spotify, it seems that 46% of our listeners are ages 35 to 44, and 54% are ages 45 to 59. Yeah, like the JCs, we still got to find some millennials to listen to us, or maybe send in some stories. So it's interesting, because I still want to know who's listening to us from Troy. Um, Yeah, the, the only person I can think of who still lives in Troy is former state rep Marty Nolenberg. I feel like that's not it, but okay. Um, it looks like we have some new places on the list also, because I don't remember Ypsilanti or Alto or Ada being on the list. Uh, Ada's been on the list before, uh, although okay. at one point Ada was like at 2%, but oh. they've, they've dropped to 1% now. Um, and I figure maybe... Ada, maybe maybe that's somebody in the northern part of Kalamazoo on a Wi-Fi that got picked up by a tower up there. I I really have no idea, but um, you know, I'm I'm looking at my Kalamazoo peeps uh, in third place with 11%. So I think we may have to grab uh, Aria King, the president of the Kalamazoo JCs, and and interview her or something. That way, we bump up the Kalamazoo stats. Yeah, I feel like we're going to wax poetic on who's listening from different areas every week for some reason, because I'm just really curious. The 3% from California, that, that might be my half-brother uh, and my dad, 
because um, they're still out on the West Coast. Who's in Florida? Uh, I'm assuming that might be Craig Skitty Cat, uh, uh-huh. former JC, who does a lot of half marathons now. Actually, I think he does marathons. I think he's moved up to marathons. Craig, if you're listening, yeah. let us know how you're doing, man, because, you know, we're wobbling towards our Detroit International Free Press half marathon. Assuming, oh, thank goodness they got the bridge taken care of. Right, because those those trucks had me worried. At the rate at the rate they were moving on those trucks, I was thinking we were done. Again. <laughs> Again. So. Since we couldn't do it last year. Right. But let's keep plugging this thing by reminding people if you see something that makes you go, what the F and what? Drop us a line so we can mention you as a special correspondent or even have you on the show sometime. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or however you're listening to us right now to get the latest episodes when they drop. And don't forget that you can follow the show on social media at facebook.com slash what the F and what on anchor at anchor.fm slash W T E W and on the web at what the F and what dot wordpress.com. Follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash a clock and on Instagram at fallingstar924 and at geekgirlreadsitall. Oh, and you can find her on TikTok too, right? Because you started that whole oh, thing. Oh, that's right. At fallingstar924. Follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash dqworthams, on Twitter at dqworthams, and on my blog at daveworthams.com. So from the home office in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and the remote office from Okemos, Michigan, remember... Go Blue! Go Broncos! We'll see you later. Today's intro music from the Boomerang soundtrack was Give You My Heart by Babyface, featuring Tony Braxton. The outro music is the instrumental version of Still D.R.E. by Dr. Dre, featuring Snoop Dogg. (laughs) 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 (laughs)